I'm Jennifer Delacuadri, and this is the Raising Happy Teens podcast, where you learn how to successfully guide your teenager into adulthood without losing your sanity in the process. Let's do this. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking about one of the things that almost all of my teen clients are struggling with or have struggled with, and that is social anxiety. It was always something that teens have struggled with, people have struggled with, but after the pandemic, it's really become more of an issue. And not just for teens, but for adults as well. So when you listen to this podcast, just like the last one, you can apply it to yourself and your teen because the information I'm going to be sharing really is applicable to both. Social anxiety is social anxiety. Whether you're young or older, it doesn't really matter. But like I was saying, after the pandemic, people were used to being at home. They were used to being online with people or just not interacting with people at all. And when things started to open up again, I know that my clients specifically really started to struggle with being in person and having conversations with people. And a lot of them have been having panic attacks or anxiety attacks when they just think about going into a social situation or meeting strangers or even making a phone call. So first, I'm just going to explain to you what social anxiety is, and then I'll talk with you about how it can come up, what causes it, and then give you some examples of ways to help yourself or your teenager manage feelings of social anxiety. So first off, social anxiety is a fear of interaction with other people. Basically, it's self-consciousness. It's a fear of being negatively judged. And if you think about it as a teenager, There's a lot of judgment going on. There's a lot of comparison and do I fit in or do they fit in? And so it makes sense that teenagers specifically would struggle with social anxiety because judgment is a huge part of that age. But it is something that can be a lot more pervasive at that age. And it's the third largest disorder after anxiety and depression. And it can be about specific situations like public speaking or being around certain people or talking to strangers, also being the center of attention, speaking to teachers or authority figures. And like I mentioned before, answering the phone, all of these things can spark some level of social anxiety. Then there's also social stress, which is more of a general anxiety or feeling of stress in social situations. So it's not as specific as social anxiety. So before I break down what it's all about, where it comes from and how to manage it, I want you to think about social anxiety as being on a spectrum where social stress is on the lower end So the level is uncomfortable, but it doesn't really stop you from doing things. Then on the opposite end of the spectrum would be social anxiety or social phobia. This is more of a diagnosed mental illness, and it involves things like severe and persistent anxiety 
to the point of just avoidance completely and social isolation. So for today's podcast, I'm mostly going to be speaking about the lower to middle range of social anxiety, where it's a challenge, but it's not extreme in severity. So if you or your teen are struggling with social anxiety to the point of having it be more of a phobia, absolutely. I recommend going to see a therapist and getting some CBT therapy. Um, Definitely get support through that. But when it's on the lower end of the spectrum, absolutely, I can help you with that. And what I'm going to be talking about today will help you with that as well. So let's start with the anxiety. There are four components of anxiety. There are thoughts, feelings, physical sensations, and behaviors. So let me give you an example. You have a thought, I'm going to mess up. And that causes a feeling, stress and worry, which leads to a physical sensation like sweating or shaking. And then you have a behavior as a result, like averting your gaze or hiding. And when this happens, You may feel like everyone is noticing that you look stiff and this just perpetuates the thought and the cycle continues. And when you're in that cycle of anxiety, your sympathetic nervous system is triggered and basically you're in a fight or flight response. And this just makes it difficult to focus, to see and hear people as well, or make eye contact. And you may be less expressive So outsiders, the people you're talking to or you're around, you may be coming coming across to them as being hostile or aloof. And all of that leads to the negative thoughts. And that can all just be set off with one thing. Whether it begins with your thought or it begins with the action that you are showing and the result of what happens with that, with the people that you're around. Either way, experiencing this cycle and being in this loop is just, it leads to exhaustion. And when you're at that point where the exhaustion is taking over and just, it's so draining to be around other people because of this, there are typically three types of behaviors that will happen as a result. One is avoidance. So turning down invitations, not going and meeting friends, not going to the party, not going anywhere, right? Just avoid altogether the situation that could lead to this discomfort and this anxiety. The second thing is to escape. So whether you're already in this situation or you're somewhere and you're feeling this overwhelming sense of anxiety to just quickly leave, get out of it, get out of that area, right? The third one are more behavior based. So doing things to help reduce anxiety things like drinking looking at your phone eating avoiding looking at people going to the bathroom (laughs) so that you can get a break i guess that could be under escape and i just kind of have to laugh about that because i've seen some TikToks where it's someone in the bathroom and it shows like this is what introverts or what a party looks like when you are socially anxious is just going in the bathroom and avoiding it completely. So all of those three behaviors 
are very typical. And what's really important here is just knowing that this cycle is happening. Because once you understand the thought and the feeling and the behaviors and all of this that's happening with this physical sensation in your body and the tendencies, the three different types of behaviors that come up, seeing it from the outside and going, okay, this is what's going on. Knowing that is the first step to really starting to combat the social anxiety. So the question really boils down to this. Is social anxiety keeping you from living your life the way you want to live it? Keeping you from doing things that you do want to do, but you're too nervous or pursuing things that you know that you would love to do, but you're too worried about it or reaching goals or even trying to attempt to reach goals? Is it keeping you from living your life on your terms? Because the truth is, it's not the situation itself that makes you anxious. It's your interpretation of the situation. So when you notice yourself feeling socially anxious about something that's happening, ask yourself, what else could be going on here? So for example, let's say you sent a text to somebody who usually responds back right away. And a day later, they haven't texted you back. And you might start spiraling, thinking, gosh, they're mad at me, or they don't want to be my friend anymore. They don't want to talk to me. Was it something I did, right? When it could be something completely different, like they saw your text and meant to respond but forgot. And I know as adults, we can rationalize this a lot better, but the teenage brain is more susceptible to that overthinking because their rational brain is still being developed. So they're immediately going to start spiraling if their thoughts are leading to the fact that this person isn't texting them back. Why? What did I do? What happened? So remember when your teenager is in that spiral, have them ask themselves, what else could be going on here? Like, for example, let's say you're in a social situation and someone is coming off as kind of like judgy. And you may think, gosh, you know, I guess they don't like me or what a jerk. But really, what may be going on is they're just feeling anxious themselves. <laughs> or maybe they're upset about something that's completely unrelated. Maybe they just came across somebody that said something that was really rude to them. And they're just feeling a little angry about it. And they don't even realize they're acting this way. So what can really help is to just stand back and look at the evidence. And that's one of the things that can really help you deal with the social anxiety when it comes up. Look at what's really going on and challenge whatever it is that's making you feel anxious, that thought. Also remember that everyone is self-conscious. Everyone has a level of social anxiety. When you're in a room and you're feeling anxious, no, you're not the only one. And that can really help you understand, you know, we're all in this together and at least help you feel connected with people around you. So I'd like to share an example with that. One of my clients, she was wanting to become more social and get to know a girl that sits at her table at school. And she was saying that this is one of the more popular girls and she's just feels really nervous every time she's around her, but she seems really nice. And I don't know, I don't know if I want to talk to her. So she had set a goal to like 
okay, I'm going to talk to her. But she was feeling really nervous about it. And so what we did was something called the worst case scenario. What would you do if this happened? And what would really happen? So the worst case scenario for her was, you know, she says something to this girl and this girl's like, oh, you're just a nerd, leave me alone, or just ignores her and turns around, right? What would she do? Well, she'd be sad or she'd be embarrassed. So really the thing that she's nervous about is a feeling, a feeling that's uncomfortable, likely embarrassment. But then we talked about, well, how likely is it that this is going to happen? And she said, you know what? It's not really likely at all. <laughs> because the truth is the anticipation is worse than the reality. When you're sitting there thinking about all of the worst case scenarios, your brain wants to just make you think that that's really what's going to happen. Oh, you better not get out of your comfort zone and talk to that girl because she might embarrass you. So you just play small and say, you know what? Okay, you're right. I won't. When really the thing that you're avoiding is just discomfort, a potential embarrassment that probably won't even happen. So instead of just avoiding, start to challenge, like what's really going on here? What could happen and what would I do if it did? And another thing that can really help here is to go down that worst case scenario, think about the thoughts that are potentially going to come up and challenge them in advance so that you can know, first of all, before you even get there, okay, when I start to think, gosh, everybody's staring at me or I'm so awkward or all of these things, come up with alternate things to think about. One of the really great things that I tell my clients to think is everybody here is a little bit nervous, just like me. So come with like a cheat sheet of thoughts that are feeling better to you than the ones that are so detrimental to how you feel about yourself. Keep it in your pocket, in your purse, and then go in the bathroom and look at it and go, okay, this is what I'm choosing to focus on. And that should lower the anxiety a little bit. And always, I want to recommend that if it's something that your teenager is struggling with, social anxiety, to the point where they are just doubting themselves, lacking confidence, playing small, I really recommend that you schedule a consultation with me. On our call, what we'll do is discuss what you're seeing happening with your, with your specific teen, how it's holding them back. And I'll tell you step-by-step step how I will help take them from where they're feeling so self-conscious and where they're holding themselves back to feeling capable and competent to show up as who they are authentically and begin to attract the people that make them feel good about themselves so that they can really start moving forward in their life and living a happier, more well-rounded existence. The link is in the show notes to schedule a consultation. And as always, thank you for tuning in. I'll see you next time. If you liked this episode, I want to invite you to follow me on Instagram at jennifer.delaquadri, where you'll find more tips, inspiration, and connection to help you navigate this unique and sometimes challenging season of parenthood. I'll see you there.